Welcome to the Birth Lounge Podcast, an empowering space for expecting and new parents to hear candid conversations with experts, support your mental health, and learn the tips and tricks that thousands of parents have used to craft their ideal birth. We will answer all of your questions, the scary ones and the weird ones, to help calm your fears and feel confident going into your birth. I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. With almost 10 years of experience in family education and a master's degree in human development and family studies, I created this podcast as a way to share information so parents can make educated and informed decisions about their care during pregnancy and childbirth. This is a birth community driven by evidence-based information and research in hopes to help you explore your options, understand your rights, and know what choices you have along the way. I'm your host, Hee Hee. Now let's get to the good stuff. Hello. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode of the Birth Lounge Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to dive into this conversation, and you're actually going to notice that this was recorded over a year ago. Um, That's right. The podcast had to take a little bit of a backseat as we really focused on and loved on our people in the Birth Lounge. Last year in 2019, we launched the Birth Lounge and we took this whole last year to really just throw everything that we had at the Birth Lounge. All of our love, we poured all of our genius, all of our effort, all of our work. If we were awake, we were really serving our Birth Lounge people and our private clients Um, and that really consumed us and so we are back with the podcast and so in 2020, you know, the, the year 2020 has been so wild anyway, so why not throw another another twist in it, another spin in there? And my spin is that, well, I'm just now getting around to recording episodes of the podcast that we had recorded last year. So you are going to hear that in this conversation, and I want you to really take the time to reflect on the difference in this year and last year and, you know, if Olivia's work had had much more of a voice last year, would we be in the situations that we find ourselves in this year in 2020? Olivia Chisholm is one of my very dear friends, and I had originally met her when we were both Thinks Underwear leaders. We are called Thinks leaders, and Olivia and I, we kind of hit it off automatically. We are kind of cut from the same cloth. We really just can get lost in deep conversations about the greatest topics and she's one of those friends that you know you can go months without talking and the the time that you do talk you pick right back up and it's it's like you never even missed a beat that's Olivia for me and so I wanted to share her with you partly because we're going to dive into Thinks Underwear but partly because Olivia is the founder of a company called To Live in Color 
She is an inclusion consultant and helps companies think about how to be as inclusive as possible beyond their target audience or beyond their brand. How can we as, co as companies, as business owners, as customers, as consumers, make a lasting impact and have this safe space that everyone is welcome? I'm really excited for this conversation and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I have enjoyed re-listening to it as I edit it. Let's go ahead and dive in. Olivia, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Hee Hee. So excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. I think this is going to be an episode that a lot of people probably wouldn't think to tune into, but once they listen, I'm sure they're going to be like, dang, I'm so glad I heard all that. Um, I think that Thinks Underwear is just so important because it's changing so many lives. I also think that it's something that a lot of people don't know about, so it may seem unimportant, but it has like radicalized the way yeah. that I quote unquote period. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super stoked to have you on the show, but before we dive into all of that, tell us a little bit more about who you are. I did the intro, but who are we really talking to today? Who's behind the mic? Yeah, so I am Olivia Chisholm. Um, I currently live in Charlotte, North Carolina, but born and raised in Columbia, South Carolina. So a girl raised in the South um, on a Bible Belt, um, but now I am an inclusion consultant where I either work with individuals, uh, especially those transitioning into adulthood, and our businesses, organizations on how to number one, include an individual into society so that they are really in a happy, thriving place. And um, on the other sector of that, number two, is looking at those, the businesses, going through their programs, their goods, their services, and how can you make this more inclusive? Not just the people, you know, who are Caucasian, not just the people who have a, a disability, not just to minorities, how can we make this an, an inclusive environment for everyone? to thrive here, to benefit from our services. Um, and that's kind of the bulk of it. Um, by trade, I'm an occupational therapist. So I think I kind of got into this role just by seeing how much traditional healthcare just was lacking. Um, and, and there's really a lot of gaps that are not filled. So working in pediatrics and adults, um, I, I just kind of saw the same overall issue of just true inclusion. Um, and I think that's how I got to where I am now here. So that's a, a, a little bit of a spiel. <laughs> I love that. You know, there is so much need for accessibility and it's something that we work hard on here at TBH. And it's also something that I feel like we constantly fail at. Um, I always want to be doing better and be doing more. And, you know, how can we make this the most accessible to the most people um, in the most helpful way so that we can serve as many people as possible. It sounds kind of silly yeah. saying it out loud, um, but that is yeah. it's so true. But so that doesn't have too much to do with um, period positivity and, you know, period awareness. So tell us your story about how you got into things because it doesn't seem to have too much to do with your work, although they are very, um, they go together very well now that your two worlds have collided. 
Yeah, and I think too, um, you know, the overall of inclusion and accessibility directly translates to, um, you know, people who are have a menstrual cycle, um, having access to clean and healthy and sustainable products um, to the highest technology. Um, that's not too common these days. And women have been having periods for forever, <laughs> you know, and we're just now coming into this light of, of cleaner and better products. So, um, you know, it, for me, it relates to the overall attitude of inclusion to clean products, um, especially for women, especially for, my, for minority women, and just the, uh, are, is it accessible to everyone, you know? So uh, my mission as a thinks leader kind of translates there, but then on a personal level, I've been through so much with my body. I'm only 26 and I feel like I already have some stories, um, some scary diagnoses, um, you know, reoccurring bacterial vaginosis. Um, most recently I got diagnosed with a uterine polyp, which I've never heard of anyone getting that, but I, so they're like, oh, you have a polyp. And I'm like, well, it could just go away on its own and hurt really bad and they were like she was like no honey you have to get surgery and I legit started crying because I was like surgery what are you talking about this isn't just a quick fix like something's actually wrong so I think that was my first attitude towards it because I had never heard women talk about you know getting reoccurring bacterial vaginosis even that much but on top of this uterine polyp and the doctor's like this is quite common actually it's only like a 4% chance of, having, of, of being cancerous. And if it was, they would get it out in a rush. Um, it's a very minor procedure, non-invasive outpatient. So for me to be like, for this, you know, to be different for me, but still a minor procedure, I have not heard of anyone say they've ever had this, you know? So I think my passion with things is just making sure we're speaking out on our bodies and normalizing, you know, talking about, women's bodies or how, however we identify. Um, it's just really important to me on a personal note because I've dealt with a lot of stuff and I just kind of came across, well, why hasn't anyone really like talked about this, you know? And even on social media, we're so busy making our lives, like we're living our best life, <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with that sometimes, but it's okay to live your best life in truth. Um, and a lot of people who have periods, it's, it's, you know, a phase for all of us. It's constantly changing. It's constantly something. And I think, you know, we just need to be okay with sharing that a bit more and, and for a society to be okay to listen, which is part of the issue too. Um, so I'm happy to be on the Thinks team with wonderful women like Hehe, And um, it's just a great brand to be a part of. And I'm so excited about this, this being one. Me too. I absolutely love Thinks. I mean, before I was a Thinks leader, I was using them. I mean, before I was even a Thinks leader, I had seven pair, right? I had been using them for nearly two years. Like they were <laughs> my life. I was using them whether I was a Thinks leader or not. I could either be an official one or I could be a self-being right. like, <laughs> you know, same, just, same. just helping other people find them, I think is the best thing for me. And now you have several, um, options of kind of clean period products and I have to be honest I love things so much I've never even tried another pair um that's how much that I love things I I'm telling you I cannot say enough good things so you said a couple of things in there I want to hit on 
you said that you were 26 and that you had made it this far and yeah. you'd never heard of a polyp, right? You said yeah. it's kind of quite common. I hear that all the time and I've even experienced that. This idea of like, it's quite common but no one talks about it. Wow. Why is this happening? How did we get here? That's what blows my mind. So I just turned 28 recently um, in April mm -hmm. of 2019. And I, right before that, had a lump in my breast. Now, I had no clue what to do. I knew that if you found it during a monthly scan, you should let somebody know. And that's exactly what happened. So, of course, I was terrified. Right. Um, I made an appointment. They couldn't get me in right away, which made my anxiety even worse. It just made mm -hmm. me feel very out of control. And like I had really like I had no control. I couldn't do anything, right? I knew something was wrong with my body. I knew that I had this lump in my breast, but there was nothing I could do about it until I got to the doctor, which was a couple days away. I got there and the doctor was like, oh yeah, this is totally normal. When's your next period? And I, I told him and I, and she was like, okay, well, it's probably hormonal. Happens to so yeah. many people, it'll go away after your period. If it doesn't, call us back and we'll, we'll do something there. But other than that, just monitor it. Like, so nonchalant. She wasn't yeah. concerned. It happens to everyone. She literally said, this happens to so many people. How was I within a month of turning 28 years old and I had never heard about this and no one had ever said, like, hey, by the way, this is why this happens. You're spiking hormones. Yeah. This is what you can expect from it. It is mm -hmm. big and it is mushy and it feels like kind of like a gallon bag filled with hair gel. It's kind of mushy, yeah. but a little bit firm. It's not tiny little rocks. So the doctor did say, um, you know, if it's tiny, feels like little pebbles in your breast that you should be a little bit more concerned and certainly call your doctor. Um, right. It also, it moved, right? And it was a little sore, but it wasn't, it was tender, I suppose, yeah. rather than sore. Right. Um, those were all things that I experienced and I wish somebody had told me and probably would have helped me. So talking about this, you know, it's really quite common, but no one talks about it. Why? How did we get here? I don't, I don't know. And I, I think it's a mixture of, you know, just generations of women's suffrage and, you know, kind of with our history, maybe women not being com comfortable or confident to kind of speak the truth on this matter of like body image and the things that actually go on. But you know, the other part is the women that were brave and loud enough to do that. I think, you know, society doesn't want to shed light on it. Are they judged as oversharing or overly emotional or crazy, you know, whatever label it could be. So I think that's just why it's important for us women of today's world that is thriving in feminism and, you know, being okay to be yourself. That's why I just think it's so pivotal that we are the voices that, are sharing our stories, you know, so no one can be, wow, I've never heard Olivia talk about this before. And I didn't, I didn't realize it was such a big part of her journey as a person, you know, so I'm definitely like, just share it. I mean, you know, um, God bless like the man I've dated. <laughs> and I mean, my friends, like even just with things I share on that, because it was just a, such a big success story for me like pads were very irritating to me I could never keep a tampon in very long without feeling very nauseous very sick um I eventually found a natural pad that worked better but then the healthy um you know market store 
and my neighborhood closed down and I couldn't find them again. So that's when I dumped on the things. And like the day I put them on, I was like, I'm never going back to the pad again, ever. <laughs> like, no, nothing. And I haven't even, I haven't used anything else. Like I've still been curious about a diva cup. Um, there's a new invention that kind of looks like a, it kind of looks like a condom that sits inside of you. Like there's so many new technologies these days. While things works for me, I just think it's a, a bigger voice of saying women challenge the norm and figure out what works for your body. You know, it's, it's way too much technology out to just be settled on these harsh pads and tampons that are made from horrible products, you know. I agree with you saying that, um, you know, you put them on and you were like, oh my God, I'm never taking these off. It, it was the never. same thing for me. So mm -hmm. I found things after I had a horrible, horrible, horrible experience with an IUD. And you can listen to that on episode number 70 of the Tranquility Tribe podcast. It's a Friday free talk. I just share about my experience and the thought behind getting the specific IUD that I got and then the journey with that. It is really triggering. So if you have some trauma there or it's hard for you to listen to, um, you know, stories that are quite emotional, I don't think I cry in the episode, um, but it can certainly make you emotional. So just be aware of that. But yeah, if you're interested in that, you can listen to it on episode number 70. I share all about that. But Olivia, yeah, I remember putting them on and being like, wow, this, this is the answer for me. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so I wonder, too, I just looked at my, my notepad and I wrote shame, big question mark. I also, too, wonder if we don't talk about these things because there's a little bit of shame in it. So does a, a lump in your breast mean that you are defective, right? Does it mean right. that people might not love you? Does it mean that you didn't do something right and you should have been healthier? Like, is there a piece of shame about it for me? There was no shame. I wanted to talk to all the people, but <laughs> I also did very specific things. So I want to talk about, you talked about that you had some scary diagnosis in your past too. I want to talk about what are some things that you can do when you get a scary diagnosis? You talked about that you had the instinct to cry. Um, I generally cry like when I get to my house or when I get to my car, but right in the moment, I always, always, always am just like trying to take in all the information. So what are some of the things that you suggest people do maybe in the first 24, 48 hours, seven days, two weeks after you yeah. get a, um, you know, a scary diagnosis? It's kind of go time at that point. What do you do? Yeah. Um I think emotionally handle it in whichever way your body's expressing it. I literally like cried in the, in front of my nurse practitioner and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing, but that's just what it, that's just what it took. So don't have shame of like whatever emotional output um, your body is wanting you to do. Um, and I think even before the diagnosis, hopefully just finding as a doctor, like I've been through so many gynos at this point because I felt like, you know, some, I felt like something was wrong and they were just like kind of writing it off like it was normal. But for me, I knew it was different. Um, so I think these these next two things I'm going to say are, are things I really encourage women to do even before getting a diagnosis. Um, find a good doctor, one that you feel heard and listened and, you know, not wrote off. And also that, you know, um, is really good about just continuing education and, and figuring out the new technologies because 
I just feel like with everything coming out, thinks for a good example, there's no reason your doctor should be recommending the exact same thing for you, for you and your mom, you know, you know? like there has to be some change of approach. So for me, I found amazing, an amazing doctor that I feel is really progressive and willing to learn. Um, and number two, advocate for yourself. Cause like your story, Dee, you can go in freaked out. You probably read Google, which I say, try to stay away from Google as best you can because <laughs> you always think you're dying. Um, but you know, he, he, you went in and your story was that it was normal, but you know, there's also been circumstances for me, for me personally, where I've gone in and they said it's normal. It's not. So really women, people with periods, you know, follow your gut and advocate for yourself. If you feel like something's not right. Um, cause a woman's body is just so complex. It's so dynamic. Um, that sometimes it takes really advocating and going back to the doctor and saying, no, something is wrong for them to take a thorough look. Um, so that, and, and just, you know, pay attention to your body and take care of it. Um, you know, my, my most recent gyno that I love, she suggested journaling and I was like, uh, pussy journal? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> and she was like, I know it sounds silly, but just, you know, journal that the changes in your body, um, you know? And, and again, we get on Google and we're like, okay, this is day 15 of my cycle, my discharge, like you go on Google, but that's just for a broad inspector, a broad spectrum of a woman. That's not for you. So um, I've just really been taking notes over the past few, few, few years. My body is like this, you know, before my period or after my period. And it's not just physically like what my vagina is doing. It's emotionally. You know, like I always thought I don't get PMS, but I do, but at a different time, <laughs> you know, like I think I get it more on before my period comes on. Um, like when I'm starting to see a little change in my discharge, that's when I'm emotionally like my body's like, oh shit, <laughs> it's about to happen. You know, like it, I could tell, so I just think, you know, reading Google is informative and definitely get what you need off of there, but all your body is yours and it's not anyone else's. So you have to do the work and take notes of how it responds to everything, the food you eat. Um, you know, this number of hours of sleep sort of better for me here. My discharge is changing here. So when you go to the doctor, it's not like they're telling you about your own body. You, there should be an aspect of you that's educating them about what your body's like, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it is just so painful to be dismissed by a healthcare professional. And to be completely honest, I had never experienced it until I went through that IUD. And then I am telling you, it was just like, bam, bam, bam. Every time I spoke to a healthcare professional, I felt dismissed from that point on. It was horrible. So I ended up changing practices and it's been much better. Obviously. How many doctors did you go through for that one particular experience? Um, just two, but I was there so often that I actually, like, hands on me, had four different practitioners practice on wow. me. But as far wow. as transition of care, just two. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I had to go. You have to think. I'll go into it in episode 70. So again, if you want to listen to that, go to that um, listeners. But it was horrible. I was bleeding for, for months after they misplaced an IUD. Yeah, oh. it was just really wild. So I was in the doctor, you know, kind of often because I was trying to get them to listen to I was bleeding like a stuck pig and I wasn't supposed oh. to be. And something was wrong. And they just kept saying, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And it, it was 
far from fine. And my body has never been the same since. Um, so yeah, it's wild. It's really, really wild. Okay. So I also wanted to mention, you know, minor, like, Oh, this is minor. This is something that we see for everybody. This is that, Mm -hmm. this is this, that is a matter of opinion. Now you also have to think that your doctor sees thousands of people every year. So what's minor to them absolutely will be different than what is minor to you. So if you think something is really wrong with your body, like me bleeding for so long, I knew something wasn't right. I was not in pain other than my vagina was like raw minced meat because it just never got a break. Wow. It was, it wasn't painful. And so nobody was listening to me. I knew something was wrong. So they were calling it minor. And for me, it was really, really major. Talk to us a little bit about that. Cause you, mm-hmm. you have to advocate for yourself. You know, your body best. Nobody will know your body better than you. How do you get that point across Olivia? If you have a yeah. doctor that's just not listening because it can be really hard. I, I keep going, you know, I like, so for, um, bacteria vaginosis you know that is a technically all something crazy 70 percent of women get this and if you look at the the logical statistics but I kept I keep getting it so much and um, one of the doctors was like I mean you're getting it a lot but it's not like it's not going away actually two doctors have told me that and I'm like just because it's not going away that would that would make it worse but that doesn't mean it's okay you know so for me I keep going back you know, um, I know sometimes financially we, we are not in the mood to do that, but I just, I, I knew something's not right. I'm tired of having it. Um, for me, I think I'm so in touch with my body at this point, a minor change that I know is not normal for me. I'm going to the doctor as soon as I detect something. And so I detect it early and I keep going back. So I felt like something was wrong um, uh, six months prior to this diagnosis and they gave me an ultrasound and saw nothing. Um, six months later with uh, going back to the uterine polyp, six months later, I get another ultrasound and, and I literally, and they see me so much that she literally came and was like, Hey, something's actually wrong this time. Like that was her, that was her tone. And I was like, yeah, I, I know. And it was, it's been wrong. It's not like this is the first time it's wrong. It's the first time that you guys found it. Um, and she said, you have a uterine polyp. So, but in between this time, people ask me, what are my, my symptoms and how did I know? Um, I have a very minimal period. It lasts three to five days. Um, you know, I don't, it's very light to normal, maybe two heavy periods a year. So for me, I notice a little bit of spotting in between my periods, nothing major, really just a change in discharge color, you know, um, and I noticed when my periods were coming, they were heavier. Um, those are, th- that was the only thing, the heavy period, I was like, maybe this is just that one, two times a year, but the spotting is highly abnormal for me. So, of course, the first few times they were like, it's just spotting, you're close to your period, this and that, and then I was, and then I started to get pelvic pain. And they're like, okay, we'll check again. And so they checked again. So just keep, don't feel crazy. Don't let anyone discourage you from seeking help. If you feel like something's wrong, you just have to trust that intuition and, and keep going. Um, you know, Hiki, that's the, the best advice I could give because it's worked for me. And I think if I did not keep going, 
I think this could have gotten a lot worse, a lot larger, a lot more serious. And then next thing you know, because I wasn't advocating for myself on the minor, minor changes, quote unquote, now it's a major problem, you know? So go, go early guys, really go. And don't be afraid to change providers. You guys, if someone's not listening to you, they are not a fit for you. Your doctor your perfect doctor will listen to you. They will be in alignment with what you want for your body. They will be on board for the plan that you have with your body. They will respect that this is your body. You guys, doctors bring different baggage to the table, just like you and I do. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to bring their baggage. You just have to find someone whose baggage is the same as your baggage, okay? Mm -hmm. You have to find somebody who talks your language, and they're out there. There are doctors that are so crunchy, they don't even want to tell people to take Tylenol. But then you have some doctors who will prescribe an antibiotic for a stubbed toe. They're out there. Just yeah. go find whoever you are in alignment with. I'm so serious about it. People have such, I don't know, they get hung up. People get really hung up on like, oh, but should I change doctor practice? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you should. You hire your doctor. Your doctor works for you. Mm -hmm. That is how this works. Change doctors if you're not feeling heard. It's not anything personal. And you know what I have found? I have found that most of the time when you switch doctors, probably that doctor is like, thank goodness, we weren't really in alignment. If yeah. you are feeling like a, a push and shove with your doctor, the other end of that story is your doctor. I promise you they're feeling that push and shove too. You right. can't have push and shove on one end and the other end not feel it. It's like a seesaw. Um, so change doctors, you guys. Don't be afraid yeah. to change doctors. So Olivia, you talked about your period being really minimal and me too. I sometimes even only have like one to two day cycles and I am really grateful for that. So I love my really light periods, mm -hmm. but I think there are probably some listeners out there going, okay, great. Two girls that have really light periods <laughs> thinks, yeah. telling me, you know, I should be using things for a very heavy full seven day cycle. Not true. I mean, yes, that that is essentially yeah. true. We are telling you this, but it's not because it's just rest. Olivia, dive into a little bit about things for heavier periods because I, I really want to share this too. Yeah, and so I've had um, friends that have heavy periods and they're like, I don't think this is going to work for me. Um, and just women I've met through this journey and um, it, they, it, it, for, for, from the stories I've heard, things always works, but it's how it works for you. So sometimes on their first day or two, they may not be able to wear things, but they're like, but you know, day three, like that's my thing, <laughs> you know, day three and later, like that's my thing. Um, you know, are they just have to wear kind of double coverage, um, a diva cup, uh, organic tampon with things. That's what a lot of women do. They use things more as a, a backup, um, their complete period. Um, and I just feel like we've all had those period panties, the ones that are old and raggedy and you don't care about. So I feel like if you, if you have those, just replace them with something, a product that's actually supposed to do that. And it's cleaner with the technology things uses. So ditch the normal crappy looking underwear <laughs> you are using and just replace them with something invented just for this purpose, um, you know. And then for me, I've been having a lighter period, no cramps 
most of my life. So with this uterine polyp, I'm getting a heavier period and I'm, I'm on my period now. And the more I have this polyp, the worse the periods are getting. So this is the worst period I've ever had in my life. And it's very heavy and thanks has me covered. You know, um, I think I was I'm definitely pushing the limit the first day or two, but I felt really confident wearing them. There was nothing happened. Um, I say, I, I say it always gets me through a work day you know, so you can change them as soon as you get home. Um, but I, I love things. So he <laughs> tell us about your um, kind of experience with with things and for people who have the heavier periods, I'd love to hear the any moms, what they're That's exactly. Is. Yeah, that's exactly it. So I was gonna say I too had friends who were skeptical. Um, and it kind of turned out the same way that they they pair it with and a tampon, not always organic, although I'm in their ear chirping like you should go in <laughs> organic unbleached. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, a tampon or a cup with that for your heavier days, but a couple tricks too. You can blot the underwear out. So if you go to the bathroom, you can actually use paper towels or um, toilet paper to blot out and you just set it in, you know, kind of where the blood is, where your crotch goes and mm -hmm. you, you squeeze, right? Just as you would if, if you were trying to blot something out of a carpet. And so I find um, mm. that a lot of my friends do that if they are worried that, you know, it gets to like three or four in the afternoon and you have an hour to two hours left in the mm -hmm. day and you're worried that you might not make it to the end of the day. Um, you can also change them at work. Some bathrooms have really private some works have really private bathrooms mm -hmm. and um, you can take them and take a wet bag and put your your use things in there. Um, also, for your heavier days, you can use dispose um, disposable. You can use reusable pads, mm -hmm. and because your days will have kind of times that are you know heavier than others, especially right. in those first couple of days, you might have a few hours that you you can mm -hmm. take off the reusable pad and not have so much bulkiness. Um, I also love them for sleeping. So I love to sleep in my things. I mean, it's all that I use, but who wants to sleep in a tampon, right? Um, right. So or with a disposable pad. Um, so the, the things are mm -hmm. awesome for that. But yeah, moms, postpartum, it's awesome. So the first few days after postpartum, you're going to have a lot of bleeding. Um, so it is mm -hmm. best to use probably some Depends or the mesh undies that the hospital gives. But after that first, um, it can be as early as seven days, but I usually say 10, 14, 16 days after birth, I find that a lot of moms really love them. Now, if you are looking at a scheduled cesarean or you have an inclination that you might end up in a cesarean or you just want to buy the high-waisted ones because you love high-waisted, I have them. I love them. They're super comfortable. Yeah, I recommend the high-waisted for cesarean birth. Otherwise, the sport is awesome. The bikini is awesome. Um, you know, I don't think that the thong would be useful for a new mom anytime soon. Um, but your your more normal underwear, I guess. And you talked about having old kind of raggedy period underwear. That's something that I love about Thinks. They look like regular underwear. You can pack oh, them in your bag and no one knows. You can wear them. Right. You can wear them. People can see you in your underwear and it just looks like underwear. I love it mm -hmm. so much. 
it's just much more comfortable um, too. And you know, with me getting reoccurring infection a lot, I actually wear them sometimes when I feel like I have, you know, bacteria vaginosis. Vaginosis. You often have um, excessive discharge. So when I'm not feeling confident, even outside of my period and something's going on, I put a pair of things on and I just feel better and cleaner. Um, so the technology they use is, is very clean um, and eco-friendly. So I just, whenever something's going on down there, even outside of my period, I'm like, I need my armor. <laughs> I need my things and I, and I wear them and I feel so much better when I have something going on versus wearing um, normal underwear, you know? So even outside of my period, I'm a Thinks fan. Um, I work out a lot. I love cardio and just how they absorb sweat is actually so much better for me. Again, especially with someone with reoccurring infection, the biggest thing a doctor is going to tell you to do is to not sit in sweaty underwear. But I love to work out. I love to drench in sweat. Um, so, so how does that equate to my lifestyle? Thinks really helps, um, you know, kind of take off that extra moisture and it goes in the underwear versus on my skin. So I love Thinks. Um, I, I'm surprisingly, surprisingly really love the thong he he like that was my last purchase because I at first I got um, panties that really covered a lot to pull two tampons worth and then I think I got the um, thong with my onboarding kit because it was something I typically wouldn't have ordered myself and on those last days where it's just like a few spotting I feel so carefree <laughs> And that thong is so comfortable, so minimal. It still has a little lace band, so it's cute. Um, so there's a pair of things for every day of my cycle. <laughs> I love that so much. So um, you talked about it being your armor. I, w we should make like a video where we like hold up our things and the <laughs> lightning comes behind us and like, da -da -da, power of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game of things where it's like... <laughs> On the same theme. <laughs> I love that so much. All right, so you're talking about working out. So I'm not an avid worker outer, and I certainly don't do any sort of um, like really rigorous anything, really. Um, I love yoga, though, and so I was going to talk about how I wear my things to yoga, and I actually – the first couple of times I was really nervous. I was like, oh God, I'm doing like really flexible stuff. I'm laying on my back, doing happy baby oh, yeah. pose. We're like spreading our legs. <laughs> I was fine. Now I wear them so confidently. Last time I was on my period, last month, I went to yoga in white yoga pants. Wow. Like I'm brave and slash a little nutty, but that <laughs> is incredible. Um, so oh, yeah, God. and it's so funny that the thong was your last purchase. It was my first purchase, I was like, all right, I'm going to see about this stuff. I'll wear a thong. You know, I have a really light period. I'm not into really thick, bulky underwear. I just can't do it. And the thong got here and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I like these. And so I did that period with just one pair and it was hard. And I was like, all right, I think I need three oh, yeah. pair. Um, so I ordered two more. And mm -hmm. then after that, I think I ordered two more at one sale and then maybe another one at another sale and another one at another sale. And now I have like nine or 10 pair of things. Yeah. And um, yeah, they're basically all that's in my drawer so mm -hmm. I have like five or six pair now and I did the same thing I ordered one because it seems expensive which is really not when you think it could last you for two years and compare it to how much money we're spending on our period anyway with just you know disposable pads and tampons so I ordered my first pair 
and I was like, oh God, I can never go back. What am I going to do? So I tried to manage like two periods with one pair and it was a hot mess. So when I think when I got to a solid three pair, that's when it was a lot easier. Um, you're just kind of rinsing, throwing in the wash, drying by the time one pair dries, you know, it's ready or, you know, it's just an easier cycle with three. So they do have cycle sets um, online, which I see why they do those with three pairs of underwear, because that's kind of the, the, the good steady number where I don't have to rely on a pad or, tamp or tampon. I could just keep up with things. Um, so in shopping, me and me are he he's bio. We both get $10 off um, when you shop with either one of us off the things products. And so my first pair was like 32 um, plus, plus tax and shipping. So when you really use our discount, that knocks it down, you know, just to like $20. And for me at the time I first started, um, I think I was still in therapy school. So I had no money. <laughs> so even just like $10 off that product, whether you have it or not, um, just makes a difference, you know? And if you order, you know, two pair, that $10 off almost allows you to easier get the third pair, you know? So, yeah. But you also have to think if it's $30 and you get $10 off, then it's 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. Didn't you spend $10 last month in tampons? And won't you spend another $10 this month in tampons? And then exactly. next month, if you didn't have the $10 off, next month you break even. Yes, right? Yeah. And you actually right. save $2. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. If people talk about it being expensive, I think it's just a matter of shifting the way you think about your spending when it comes to your period. Also, it has to be your thing. And I, I get that the period underwear is not everyone's thing. I want to talk about caring for your underwear because I think that is a lot of people's kind of hesitation is like, oh, I have to wring out my own period blood. Like, that's disgusting. It's actually not that bad. So I'm going to go through what I do to care for my underwear. And yeah. then I'll let you share what you do because I think everybody probably does it a little bit differently. There are general instructions of how to care for them. Um, so I have so many pair, but I generally cycle through three or four pair in any cycle, in any mm -hmm. period. Um, and so I wear a pair and I don't love to sit in like wetness. It doesn't, I don't love it. So I usually change mine. I work from home, which is really nice. So I get to change mine every six to eight hours. So I will wear one. I wring it out in cold water um, and then I hang it to dry. I have a little bar in my bathroom and I just hang it to dry and I put on my second pair and then at night. So that would be like overnight to the morning. And I would wear that until probably like three or four in the afternoon and I would change it. And then I would put on a third pair, wring that second pair out, put it on a bath rack and put on my third pair. I might change them that evening if I need to, but that also could be the pair that I sleep in. And by the time I wake up in the morning, those other two pair are ready to help me on my day. Um, not everybody is going to want to change that often. Not everybody is going to have that luxury. I'm, I'm very, very lucky. Um, but yeah, at the end of the, my period, one, three, five days, I put them in a linens bag. I put them, I wash them by themselves just so they're safe on gentle, on cool. And that's that. They're so easy. You guys, they're so easy. Olivia, how do you take care of yours? So easy too. Um, I think I'd probably wash mine a little bit more than what you described. Um, I put a fresh pair on in the morning, let it last me all day at work. Um, I have actually um, launched it a little bit too. He -he. Um, I haven't heard anyone say that, but I've actually, I think unintentionally done that. And that does help kind of last me throughout the day. 
Um, but so when I get home from work, I hop in the shower sometimes, like you kind of hop in a shower to a swimsuit for those who don't want to touch their blood. Um, sometimes I will just get in the shower with them on and let the water take care of it. Um, I don't have a problem with wringing them out though. So the bulk of the time I take them off, I rinse them, wring them, um, and either I just put them in the pal or I'll go ahead and throw them in the washing machine, throw that pair in the washing machine, but not washing them yet, just getting them ready to get washed with, you know, two or three pair. Um, so when I get home, I, I rinse those, I take a shower, and I put on a fresh pair. And this, this fresh pair I just put on after work will last me overnight. Um, and then when I wake up, it's the same cycle. I put on a fresh pair for work. Um, so I usually wash them once I have two or three pair that are dirty together. So I'm probably washing them probably twice throughout my cycle. Um, just, and, and it can sit for a while as long as you wring out the blood. But I don't know. I just, for me personally, I just like, I want them to be really clean um, before, you know, before. I say, I, I typically don't let them go two to three days without putting them in the washing machine after rinsing them off. Um, and this is a big no-no. They say do not put in the dryer. But that first pair I had that I was like, I'm never going back to a pad. <laughs> Those poor panties got definitely in the dryer just because I, I was so eager to wear them. Um, so, but I am here to say, I see why they say don't put them in the dryer because although I still have that pair and it's time for them to retire, because I think it's officially like two years now, um, which is how long they say tentatively they should really last and be strong. That one pair has, it still works. However, the technology is not as strong and I don't think it holds up to two tampons worth because I did put it in the dryer. I think it's more at a one to one and a half. <laughs> so don't put them in the dryer. I've done it on accident. It didn't for me. It didn't completely mess up the technology, but I can see that it weakened it for sure. Um, so kind of my advice, hang them to dry because <laughs> um, I learned the hard way, but they're super easy. I've heard women say they don't want to feel like they're sitting in blood. I really don't feel like that. He, he, and I'm, I'm curious to hear if you do, but I, I try to explain to them the blood seeps through the first layer. So it kind of pulls it away from your skin. So, you know, it doesn't feel like you're sitting in wetness all day, at least from my experience. I'd be curious to hear your experience, he on like how it actually feels for you during the day. Yeah, so I'm an interesting case. I have somewhat of a, um, let's see, I am super sensitive. So I don't love the feel of lotion. I'm a textile person, right? Oh. I don't love the feel of wetness. Wet socks make me want to vomit. Like they actually <laughs> elicit my gag reflex. If my shoes get wet during the day, I cannot think about anything else except to get home at the end of the day to change my shoes. So wetness is not my thing. I am the person that will forego a water ride at Six Flags, Disney World. If it is not sunshine and 80 and I know I'll be dry soon, I'm not going. I would literally rather hold everyone's bags than go. So with that being said, I was super skeptical and I too was like, oh no, sitting in my own period blood is like not for me. I'm, I'm hippie crunchy, but I'm not that earthy. <laughs> not really that bad. And that is how I found that if you blot it, you can really get a lot out because there were a few times where I was like, all right, I'm starting to feel a little wet and I still have two hours before I can get home. I'm just going to go to the bathroom and put some um, toilet paper in here. And then I got in there and I thought, oh, well, I'll just blot it. 
and see if that helps. Hundred percent. It just felt like yeah. a new pair of underwear. Um, so I agree. It's not so much like that. I find that it's more mental. We've mm-hmm. been conditioned by society to essentially plug ourselves up, if you will, not ever see our period blood. It's plugged up by a tampon. It's soaked up by a tampon. It's pulled right out. It's flushed right down. You never see it. You never talk about it. You never have to manage it. That's what we're taught. And so I think by wringing your underwear out and, you know, having it in your underwear, I guess, all day is just different. So I think it's more mental. It's more of just resetting your expectations. I wanted to circle back to standing in the shower to wring out your underwear. That's an awesome idea. I've never thought about that. Um, One of my little tips that I started out doing when I at first was like, is this going to be weird? How do I do this? I used to just set them in the sink and I would just let the water run over them. And it's the same concept. And you seen in the shower reminded me that I did that for Mm -hmm. like maybe the first day. And then I was like, oh, this is my blood. It's not that big of a deal. Right. I'll do that in the shower too. Like I'll step, I'll still have them on and step in it and let its water do the job. And then sometimes just when you're like letting the water warm up, um, that first like two minutes where you're not in there, I do the same thing you do in the sink. I just throw them in the shower. And when I come back, they're kind of much ringed out, you know? So, um, and just hitting on what you said, you know, I think it's a lot of women are like, I don't want to deal with my body. I understand like how you kind of have a sensory thing going on that some people just don't like, you know, feeling blood. And I think that's okay. But I kind of agree with you, he he, that I do think it's a lot of mental of society doesn't want to deal with our bodies so it makes us not want to deal with our bodies and I just encourage women if you have this kind of narrative to yourself just you know change it a little bit it's your body it's yours there's nothing wrong with it it's natural um you know it's it's not gross it's just something that happens you know people have bowel movements all the time but and that's pretty gross when you think about it but you know we're not hyper focused on how disgusting a bowel movement is as a whole generation you know so if you kind of have a feeling where you kind of don't want to deal with your body you know that's your right but just make sure that narrative is not, I don't want to deal with my body, you know, because you never know how just having that kind of language with yourself, how it could cut deeper things and how it could allow other things to kind of come in your life and handle your body like that too, you know? I think a lot of the taboo that's around our periods probably comes from, um, being uneducated about it, right? Like women don't know about our bodies. So how in the world will males know about our bodies? And, you know, where do we get information about our bodies? How do we find out about our periods? If no one's talking about these breast lumps that come before your period, how are you supposed to, you know, know about uterine polyps and how to get rid of those or you know, so many things. Yeah. And don't be afraid to share, share your, about your body with the men in your life. Like I said, God bless the men I've dated, but I mean, it's gotten to the point where they're like, babe, are you, I think you're going to have a yeast infection because I've educated them so much (laughs) when they're seeing me, they're like, you know, and, and, you know, I, I feel like I've date really open and progressive men that they're not like ill. And if a man was to say that, you know, I would kind of question, like, does he have my body's best interest, you know? And I think that translates not just to you talking about your period or, 
you know, your discharge, it, it affects your sex life, you know, so really be okay with being with a partner who, when you share something about your body, they're not shaming you or they're not saying it's gross. They're like, cool. How do you work on that? And they're interested to see that. And I feel like your sex life will flourish if you date <laughs> people, date open-minded people like that too. So yeah. I shout agree out to, with that. Shout out to all the open-minded men that definitely are like, wow, I've learned something versus, you know, that's gross. Agreed. Um, Nicholas too is sometimes he has to say, you know, like, babe, can we just have like 45 minutes without baby talk or like without <laughs> vagina talk or like without birth talk or breastfeeding talk yeah. or can yeah. we just not talk about anything to do with the human body at all? Um, but <laughs> I do think for some people, um, they're conditioned to think, ooh, right? And so it might take some conversation of, hey, this is really important to me. And yeah. hey, this could help you understand me a little better. If you knew where I was in my cycle, you might know to come home and not be so <laughs> abrasive with your jokes, yeah. right? You might yeah. know that today, oh, she really needs a kiss on the forehead. And mm -hmm. maybe I'll pick up, you know, a nice movie, rent a movie. Do people rent movies anymore? But anyway, maybe I'll rent a movie on the way home. You things like that. Whereas mm -hmm. in certain phases of your cycle, maybe you come home and you're like, okay, she's going to be ready for me to jump right. to home. Right, and that's right. a time for you to really <laughs> yeah. get busy. I mean, right, right. you I know, say, it's, even it's the, the helpful. That, yeah. The other end of that spectrum too, man, could definitely be held to your benefit. Like, okay. For me, it's like the week after my period, that's like hot time for me. So <laughs> if you knew that, like you could come home very excited. So you, you just never know. Just be open and listening to people's bodies and opinions and just going back to having that inclusive attitude towards people and what they go through. Yeah, absolutely. And really helping, I think, you know, your partners and the people in your life understand why this is important. I think that is, that's a huge missing piece is that people don't understand why. Um, it's important for all of humans to understand about our periods in menstruating. Oh my goodness, Olivia, this has been so much fun. We have, we've just gotten into so much stuff. I'm looking over my notepad and there's like so many notes scratched around and so many quotes. You gave so much good information. Thank you so much for sharing your experience with things. If people wanted to connect with you, how could they do that? Yes. Find me on Instagram at take all of me. And that is T A K E O L I V um, M E. So take all of kind of like hitting on my name and then me. That's where I am on Instagram and Instagram's the biggest handle I use. So yeah. They're always feel free to email me at Olivia, Olivia at to T O live in color.com. Awesome. Listeners, thank you so much for showing up today for Olivia and I, we hope that you really liked hearing about thinks, but also we hope that we challenged you a little bit. We want to push you maybe to that edge of uncomfortableness to start exploring your body, different conversations you should have, uh, exploring the options that you have when it comes to your period and even starting a pussy journal. Thank you. <laughs> 
so, so much for tuning in today on this fine Tuesday. And Happy thank you, Hee for being an amazing host and for having the platform you have. Um, it is true inspiration to be in this cohort of thinks leaders like people and women like you like I'm so thrilled I'm not going to start crying right now but I'm just so blessed um, to be a witness of the energy and the energy you not only bring to your clients but just me as another person as your cohort it's so fierce it's so brave and just keep being you because it's freaking awesome oh thank you so much you're gonna make me cry I really <laughs> Appreciate it. This platform has been so much um, for me, but to really see the impact that we're being able to have on women is just incredible. So thanks for being in this tribe, Olivia. We appreciate you. I hope you have a great week and I will see you back here on Friday. I have linked everything you need in the show notes. So check that out before leaving. See you on Friday. Hey there. Before you go, I wanted to tell you who made today's episode possible. Today's episode is brought to you by Thinks Underwear. Ah, it's time for your period again, and what are you doing to manage your period? In 2017, I had a horrendous experience with an IUD that grew into my cervix, and if that sounds traumatic to you, well, it was, and through this experience, I was forced to totally rethink the way I manage my bleeding each month. I found Thinks Underwear, and to say they changed my life is a complete understatement. After the repercussions of the misplaced IUD, Thinks gave me control again. I started off with just one pair because who the heck knew if these things worked, but it didn't take very long before I had 10 pair of underwear. Who needs 10 pair of period underwear? I don't know, but I love them all so much. For new parents out there, I cannot think of a better way to manage your postpartum bleeding than the high-waisted or the Think Super. I don't want to be the one to break it to you, but the first postpartum period can sometimes be a doozy and Thinks can help. Thinks last up to two years, so they are great for our environment. They are also so easy to clean, plus they have a special lining to prevent any odor. They are no more effort than a regular load of laundry to clean. You can see how I care for my Thinks over on my Instagram highlights. Thinks has shared uh, $10 off of your first pair. It's a link, and I'm going to read it out to you, but you can also find it in the show notes. It's shethinks with an X dot com backslash pages backslash leader hyphen he he hyphen Stewart, and that's S T E W A R T. So you can visit that link, or you can visit that link in the show notes to save $10. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. And oh, if you're wondering what my favorite styles are, I love the sport, I love the thong, and I love the high-waisted. That's my period trio, and I could not live without them each month. I'm so excited for you to try yours. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly do value this community and I love hanging out with you. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who might also find this information helpful. I'd love to hear what you have to say and read your sweet words on iTunes. You can leave us a review and this helps get this information into the hands of parents who might also benefit from hearing it. If you're interested in joining The Birth Lounge, you can go to thebirthlounge.com. Our blog is linked there. You can find all sorts of free information as well as how to get your access to The Birth Lounge.
You can always hang out with me on Instagram as well, at Tranquility by Hehe. Until then, stay educated, stay supported, stay confident. there just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice diagnosis or treatment please consult your health care provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast side effects may include educated adults informed decision making skills and consensual care tranquility by he he and the birth lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast the birth parent deserves all the credit